0: Unity Church, and it's love to see, love. I love seeing you guys here every week. It's always a joy, and especially as we missed you guys last week, and it's great to be back uh, here tonight and to see you guys all here. If you missed uh, because we didn't have RPM last week, you might have missed our final message in the Get Real series, and you can find that on our podcast, and you can download that. And if you are not subscribing to our podcasts, I encourage you to do that. And it's really exciting. Since we have uh, launched our podcast uh, facility and a uh, way for people to communicate and engage with us as a church, we have found that we are growing a global audience. And uh, people are listening to us uh, from various places around the world. And so to our global audience, welcome to this message. And so guys, why don't you just give a cheer and a welcome to everyone who... Uh, so we love the fact that people are listening to us and engaging with us from around the world. And uh, I just trust that God is working in your lives as God is working in our lives here uh, at Riverside. And it's exciting. Because he is. And uh, we're just trusting God for so much more in what he is doing and what he has been doing in our lives. Uh, We've just had the Get Real series, and I know that it was such a challenging time for so many of you. And it was just great as uh, we witnessed uh, you guys and, and, and the whole Riverside family just trusting God more with their lives. Actually going to places where they've never gone to before, never wanted to venture and getting there and then surrendering those places to the Lord, and seeing God doing incredible things in all of our lives as we 've trusted Him uh, by faith uh, with. Those places in our lives that we have uh, not enjoyed, not liked about ourselves, not wanted to go there. And I also know that uh, many of us are still feeling quite tender from that and, and feeling that maybe we had, you know, made some progress in our lives, some progress in our faith, but what God has kind of revealed and exposed in us, we may be feeling quite tender and quite raw. And uh, you might then not like what's coming up in the next few weeks because we are so excited again just by, uh, and I think I say that a lot, and we say that a lot here, but just how excited we are with what God's doing and what we're uh, trusting Him with and, and what we're going to be preaching on. But in the next nine weeks, we are so excited about what is going to be happening and what we're going to be speaking about. We're going to be starting a series called The Reason for Everything, And we are going to be looking at uh, some of the really hard, tough questions about life, about God, about the Bible. And uh, this one is really aimed at answering those doubts that uh, we have and the doubts that your friends and your family and your work colleagues have. Uh, This is really aimed at helping people who are still skeptical uh, about so many uh, things in and to do with Christianity. And so we really want to encourage you if you know of someone who is battling with, you know, how has God always existed and uh, do God and science go together and uh, can I trust the Bible? And even going to be uh, talking into something that is really uh, a kind of hot topic with regards to the church is uh, kind of uh, sexual identity, uh, the LGBT movement and God in the Bible. Uh, How does that all, all work? Those are some of the things that we're going to be speaking about in this The Reason for Everything series. Uh, it's not one that you want to miss. And it is something that I encourage you to think about people who you can invite to this who might really benefit from having some of these really tough questions uh, answered. We're going to be equipping you with uh, these uh, answers to these questions so you're going to be able to engage and dialogue with people who have these questions. And then during our, our midweek uh, life groups, and if you don't know what a life group is, we gather as a big group on a Sunday, but throughout the South, we gather in small groups during the week, some on Tuesdays, some on Wednesdays, some on Thursdays, small groups of about 10 to 15, and there we get a little bit deeper, a little bit more real with each other, and we usually kind of talk through the sermons, uh, but for this series, we're going to be doing what we call evangelism training, and some of you are already getting a little bit nervous. Uh, This is where we just equip ourselves and encourage and sharpen ourselves on our ability to talk to people about what we believe in Jesus and what he has done in our lives. And so this is probably why you are feeling a little bit... kind of uneasy because we've really just spoken about Get Real and kind of exposed so much kind of brokenness in our lives and uh, how, you know, how we're really doing before the Lord and now we're going to be encouraging you to answer people's real tough questions uh, that they have about everything to do with God and the Bible and faith and we're going to be equipping you to tell people about Jesus. Yes, that's kind of how we're rolling at the moment and we're really, really excited about that we recognize that this is always going to cause believers uh, to kind of get a little bit more anxious and a a little bit more kind of concerned about what's going on around them because we know that uh, many of us have had bad experiences. Maybe we've gone there already. We've tried to share our faith. We had a very bad experience. You know, the corporate environments and universities are a tough place to be engaging with people around matters of faith. You've had an angry person kind of go off at you for being a believer, or maybe you, you were kind of caught off guard by a tough question, you were kind of made to look foolish in front of people. Maybe you've heard really bad experiences that other people have had, and for whatever reason, uh, you're kind of really shy, uh, there's fear, maybe even the words like, how can God even use me uh, in, in this, and how can God even use me in His kingdom and in ministry, So that's what we're kind of doing tonight at the back of Get Real. We don't want you guys to retreat into this kind of bubble because you're really just unsure about yourself and and rather processing what God is doing in you, but kind of just to help transition into where we're going with this series on tough questions and being equipped around sharing our faith. But as an introduction to that, I want you to watch one of my favorite videos on YouTube. All right, enjoy, and then I'll kind of give a reason why we're watching this. Best thank you. Thank you, thank you. thank you. Yes. Have <laughs> fun. Hello. Hi. 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 How are you? I'm fine. Thanks. How are you? Good. Nice to meet you. Uh, what's the act called? Uh, Charlotte and Jonathan. Charlotte and Jonathan. Okay. Um, uh, how old are you both? I'm 16. And I'm 17. Okay. Um, and, and you thought the combination would work whose idea was it um, it was our singing teachers actually She thought it'd be good to try us out together <laughs> and we both sounded quite good when we sang what we did Okay, you're not saying much Jonathan <laughs> Are you shy? Uh, sometimes I've always had sort of problems with my size since like I can remember and when I was in sort of primary school, it was back then really that I had sort of the mick taken out of me and it, it kind of damaged my confidence quite a bit. When, when people would say something to me, I'd just, it'd just take a little piece out of me in a sense. I'm quite protective of Jonathan. Like, if someone, if I was there and someone stood there and said something to him, I wouldn't sit, I couldn't sit there with my mouth shut. Before you make a judgment on someone, I think you really need to get to know them. It's not... It's clichés, it's not judging a book by its cover, you've got you've got to read what's inside. Charlotte's been a really big help for me in terms of confidence and making me a better performer, and I really don't think I'd be going up on stage today if I didn't have Charlotte by my side. And do you think you could win? Yeah. Together. Yeah. Alright, good luck. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you. Here we go. Tom. So the video ends with just uh, a shock from the judges and just uh, kind of overwhelming praise as they were just totally flabbergasted. And what I love about this so much is here this really sharp person gets up onto stage and uh, you can see the comments from the crowd. They're like, oh no, you know, what's going on here? You know, you even uh, saw the the comment from uh, Simon Cowell, uh, could this actually get any worse? And here this young guy just blows an entire audience away uh, with his singing ability. And uh, if you think about the first part of that video, insecure, shy, uh, doubting uh, his own ability, People looking at him and presuming a whole bunch of stuff about him uh, without knowing. In fact, the entire audience presumed a whole bunch of stuff uh, about him before uh, he even had a chance to say a word. And I really think a lot of us feel like that when it comes to our faith. You know, when it comes to being here, we love gathering here. We'll sing corporately Uh, We we enjoy being part of a a Christian community. But when it comes to engaging with people who are not like us, we tend to retreat and become so shy uh, in our ability. Uh, We doubt so much about ourselves. I I maybe think of myself as like a hardened believer. I've been in ministry for a number of years. And I remember a situation where, my wife and I were uh, engaging with a number of people who were not believers, and we were at a uh, one of their kind of functions, it was a house party, and it uh, <laughs> was uh, quite late. We were the only believers uh, at this event, and uh, it was just after midnight, and one of the young ladies who was there had been chatting to Inez and I, and uh, got to learn that uh, we love Jesus, that uh, we were involved in a church. And uh, at one point, uh, very late into the night, she kind of just blurted out, um, I need some prayer. And at that point, everybody stopped and there was just dead silence in this whole gathering with everyone now looking at Inez and I uh, and this lady who asked for prayer. And even then, as someone who would be in ministry for a number of years, I got nervous. I started to think of a way to maybe kind of get out of this by going, no, no, let's not worry about it, let's, you know, and uh, we we tend to do that, we can uh, be here, enjoy this, even be part of a small group, but as soon as we find ourselves where we kind of outnumbered uh, more people who don't believe than than us, there really is an an anxiety, kind of a doubt, uh, a number of concerns about engaging with them about Jesus, with so that story, we ended up praying for her right then and there, and everybody kinda it was so weird. No one was a believer except us, but everybody kinda bowed their heads and just prayed with us. And when we were finished, kind of the music went up again, and everybody <laughs> kind of went on and did their thing. But if you are kind of concerned about your own ability and going, can God use me? And you're not alone. If you may be insecure about speaking to people, you're not alone if you think that you might not be good enough for the job, you're not alone in that. But hopefully tonight, uh, you're gonna be encouraged, especially with where we're going as a church. And if you're gonna write down anything about tonight, and if you wanna choose to remember anything that I I say tonight, I want you to write this down and remember this. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. Anybody. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The person who's writing this is uh, who we call the Apostle Paul, and he is responsible for writing most of the New Testament. Uh, an incredible guy who, after coming to faith in Jesus, went around the known world at the time just uh, starting churches, preaching about Jesus, and then he wrote letters of encouragement. Uh, to uh, believers. And this church really struggled. This is the church in the town of Corinth. And when I say they battled, they really battled. And uh, they battled with things like drunkenness when they had communion. And uh, they were really battling with sexual promiscuity. It was a messed up church. And this is the encouragement that uh, the Apostle Paul writes to this church. Brothers, brothers. Think of what you were You were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, and not many were influential, and not many were of noble birth. That sounds like quite an insult, right? Seems to be kind of, you know, kind of what is he saying here? But if you think back to that video, and that's why I love that image uh, of the crowd kind of sniggering at each other and the the judges kind of sniggering at, at this guy coming up onto stage. In this church context, there was quite a range of people. There were some really wealthy people. There were uh, some people who held influence in the city. There were some people who everybody looked up to and kind of sat up when they walked into the room, listened to what they had to say, kind of wanted to aspire to be like. And there are people like this in this room here tonight. And people whose lives are, are really in a good place, doing well in their careers, uh, making big changes in the industry. But at the same time, maybe... As in the church here in Corinth, as here tonight, people who are not like that. Maybe you're thinking, shucks, uh, I'm like that, you know. uh, I am nothing. I'm really struggling to kind of do anything with my life. I don't think I am much at all. I don't kind of consider myself of any kind of worth or having any kind of influence. Maybe you even feel like you're that guy in the video and while you all kind of people presume so much about you and kind of have already written you off before you even open up your mouth and the context of this church is that pretty much every single one of the believers in the church at Corinth had come out of a pagan worshiping background They had worshipped other gods and uh, were involved in all of those practices. So coming out of that into their faith, they were just really just trying to figure it out. And we're getting it wrong most of the time. But what I love about what Paul is saying is that, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Because what we tend to do as people is take the standard that the world sets... And apply to ourselves as believers. Because if you think of the standards that the world sets, they're super high. Uh, Think of magazine covers. At every age group, teen magazines into kind of young adult magazines into 20-something focus magazines to 30-something to 40-something women's magazines. Every cover of those magazines tells you what you should look like. Every article in those magazines tells you what your home should look like, kind of what you should be earning, the kind of lifestyle that you should be living. You look at movies and adverts, all they're doing is selling and pushing a kind of lifestyle that doesn't really exist for most people in this world. And if we're not careful, we set before us a standard that's not real. And that's the standard the world sets, And then when we come to the church, we come to kingdom, we come to the things of God and we take that same standard and apply it to our own lives. And we barely match up to the standard the world sets for us and then we retreat into this place. Well, I don't match up to that standard. I'll never match up to any standard God sets for myself. And so think of a sporting example. We all wear the T-shirts and support the team but we're not on the field playing. And we get so excited about the things of God but we're just spectating, and we never participate with the things of God because we feel we can't match up to His standard. Well, something that Jesus does is he just totally smashes that. And every time Jesus engages with people, he tries to and, and shatters kind of the world standard and shows what his standard is and what it means for us to be His people. Think of uh, what Jesus said in, in uh, John 7:28. And he talks about uh, the least in the kingdom in relation to uh, John the Baptist. And he talks about how amazing John the Baptist was as a prophet. And we know, I mean, he prepared the way for Jesus, just an incredible, incredible guy. And then Jesus talks about the least in the kingdom. And just think about this for a moment. That somewhere in the world, someone is the least in the kingdom. That person might even be here. It might be me. Who knows? Someone in this room here is the least in the kingdom of Riverside. But what Jesus says there is because of who we are in Christ, even the least in the kingdom is greater than John the Baptist, who is the greatest of all the prophets. How amazing is that? And the reason for that is John had the incomplete picture. We have the complete picture because John was before the death and resurrection of Jesus and the coming of the Holy Spirit for every single believer. Even the least in the kingdom has the death and resurrection of Jesus and the infusing of the Holy Spirit permanently to the soul. Even the least in the kingdom has the fullness of the Holy Spirit in them, which is why God can use anybody. I love this verse in uh, 1 Samuel uh, 22 verse 2. Uh, This is what it says, and it's talking about uh, David. And David, just an incredible figure in the Old Testament. King David, he was the guy that killed uh, Goliath. And uh, this is a a number of years on from that. It goes on, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of uh, Adullam where his brothers and his father's household heard about it and they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. Uh, about 400 men were with him. David goes on with this army and uh, Later on, uh, part of this 400 become his mighty men and incredible uh, acts of valor and, and huge honor is ascribed to these soldiers who then go and help him to wipe out God's enemies, the Philistines, and really bring peace to the promised land. But how do they start? All those in distress, all those in debt, all those discontented gathered around him and he became their leader. I mean, how hectic it is to be a leader And those are the people who you are leading. That's how they're described. That's how they begin. But how does God use them? Incredibly. Now, why does God do kind of this kind of stuff? Well, look what it goes on to say after, flip back with me to 1 Corinthians, where we're reading verse 27. But God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of this world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things that are not to nullify the things that are. There is just something about God and we don't quite get it. It doesn't always make sense. But in God's wisdom, he uses the shameful, the weak, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise and the strong. Throughout history, God has always taken the broken, the downcasted, uh, the ones that are sniggered at, the ones that people write off, the shameful, and he always uses them. And he always accomplishes purpose through people like that. You might be asking, well, why? Goes on to say, so that no one may boast before him. It is because of Christ that it is because of Him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God, that is our righteousness, holiness, and redemption. Therefore, it is written, "Let him who boasts boast in the Lord." Remember, a couple weeks ago in the Get Real series, when we spoke about fear, we mentioned a couple of things that and, and and stories where this is true. We mentioned Gideon. God used the smallest, weakest person from the smallest, weakest uh, family, from the smallest, weakest clan, from the smallest, weakest tribe. To lead a small army of 300 people against a massive army that they could not count. And they were defeated without even raising their hands. Because the battle was the Lord's. And an unarmed slave nation defeats Uh, The most advanced military power of the time. And a boy defeats a giant. And time after time after time, the Lord takes the things that are weak, the things that are shameful, the things that are written off that people wouldn't really look at, and He uses them for His purposes. So that no one may boast. And that if we are going to boast, we're going to say, I'm boasting in the Lord. Now, there are a couple of responses to this. And the first response is, this is really humbling. Because you might be the person, and you might be realizing, well, God's using me, so, and you might be going, like, I hate this passage, because if God's using me, it's because I'm a weak or, or foolish thing in this world, but it's humbling because of a couple of reasons. And the first one is because we want to be the star of the show. We love to be the center of our own universe. I want you to imagine a scenario. And uh, we've been to weddings and we love the moments when the music starts, where he kind of stands up and uh, the bride is walking down the aisle. And, you know, this moment and you kind of look at the groom and he's all like crying and you know, just at this moment and the bride's coming. Imagine at that moment the best man starts to like muck around and, you know, kinda like dance on stage and kind of pull all the attention to himself. I mean like what chop does that, right? You know, and uh, kind of does everything he can to take the focus off of the bride and groom onto himself. Well we, we love That kind of attention. Imagine, again, you're in a movie, and somehow you get like a a role as an extra, but it's only at like, you know, minute 47, you're part of the crowd, but it's the back of your head, right? But if you're in a movie that's on the big screen, what are you going to tell your friends? Go watch this movie. I am in it. Well, where are you know? You just see my back of my head. <laughs> like, just look for 42, 37. That's where you see the back of my head. But I'm in the movie. It's a great movie. And, you know, and we, we try to make things about ourselves, which is why we battle with this concept of going, well, it's the Lord. And I'm going to boast in Him and in, and in His strength. But we also really want uh, credit for our merits. We love to be acknowledged for the things that we do. How many of you in a workplace just slave for hours on a project and uh, the boss does not acknowledge the work that you've done? Or you watch your floor manager take the credit for the report that you've put together and you, you know, he kind of gets the acknowledgement for all the work that you've done. Right? That just really irks us and grates our cheese. We really get disgruntled when we aren't given uh, the credit for the things that we've done. And it's a bit of a fine line because if we really do a good job, don't we feel proud? And then we think like I'm awesome. And so that also translates into ministry. So uh, I preach a great sermon. And uh, some of you come up to me and go, oh, great, great sermon that you preached tonight. And, and then I start to kind of feel good inside. And you go like, I am awesome actually. You know, everything my mom said about me was true. <laughs> Which uh, of these two statements is more uh, humble? And so, or, or, you, you know, we've all got spiritual gifts, and so you, you do something great in ministry, and people come and say to you, or they say to me, you know, Craig, well done, awesome sermon that you preached. So statement A, you know, thank you, I'm, I'm really gifted. <laughs> or uh, number two, I worked really, really hard. Which one is more humble? To say, A, uh, the Lord has given me gifts, or I worked really, really hard. It's interesting to think about that, because to say the Lord has gifted me is to acknowledge that I actually am not good enough, but he, uh, in his grace, because uh, spiritual gifts, uh, the the word actually comes from the Greek word charismata, uh, charismatic, Uh, not the happy, clappy, crazy stuff that some of you guys have experienced, uh, but comes from the Greek word charismata, which means gifts of grace. That I'm saved by grace, and then by his grace, he gives me his Holy Spirit, and with that, he enables me to have a role to play in his kingdom. And for me to go, actually, it's his gifting that enables me to do this. But sometimes we'll maybe downplay that and say, "Actually, I work really, really hard," because we actually want some credits for our uh, merits. And uh, another reason why we battle to be humble uh, when it comes to this kind of thing and, and struggle with this uh, is because we maybe really struggle and battle uh, with God using someone that we look down on. Maybe someone kind of walked in, and you went. You size them up and you go, sure, by the look of their dress, uh, by the way that they speak, how can God ever use someone like that? And Someone maybe doesn't fit kind of the bill. Kind of look, ah, oh, they don't have what it takes. Maybe we battle because the Lord can actually use people who we would write off and look down on. Another response to what God is doing in this passage is maybe you humbled, but maybe for some of you this is stretching. That when you realize that God can use anyone, maybe you're realizing it's time for me to get off of the stands and out onto the playing field. Maybe it is time for me to step up and say, okay, God, you can use me. That's more my story. I look at my own life, and uh, this passage has uh, kind of been a lodestone in my heart for a number of years. Because if I look back, and I've almost been in full-time, what we would call full-time ministry, having the privilege of being able to uh, derive a livelihood from being involved in ministry for about 15 years. And when I look back over that time, I'm absolutely blown away. Uh, Facebook memories, they can be quite um, cringy sometimes when you realize what you posted 10 years ago and wish you could go back and kind of undo that. And Facebook likes to remind us of how dumb we've been. Uh, But sometimes there's some wonderful things that pop up. And in fact, yesterday, a memory came up uh, of a baptism uh, service. If you don't know what baptism is, it's when uh, people kind of go public with the decision that they've made to accept Jesus. And uh, we have some water, and we kind of dunk them under the water, and it kind of signifies that they've died with Jesus. They understand and surrendered their lives to his death on the cross, realizing that they can't save themselves, so they cling to Jesus. And then we kind of take them out of the water, and it's a symbol of new life, new uh, the newness of Jesus and what he's done in us. And basically, you're just telling every peop- everybody there, I believe in Jesus. And it was a number of photos of a uh, what we call a baptismal service that I was a part of. And there are about seven or eight guys that I baptized and they're all 13 years old. And every single one of them are still serving the Lord. In fact, some of them are getting married. They're um, all in there, well, it was over 10 years ago. So they're 24 years old now, all still serving the Lord. Deacons, some of them, uh, one of them has gone on to full-time ministry himself. He's a full-time pastor. And I'm like, Lord, you did that. And I was just absolutely blown away that uh, the Lord did that in those people's lives. I think about a time when uh, I had the privilege of going to Mozambique. And uh, I was at a high school, and I was given the opportunity to preach uh, the salvation message and tell people about Jesus. And... Uh, the whole school was in front of me, I did my best job and I asked people if anybody wants to come to faith in Jesus Christ, they must stand up and the whole school packed out laughing. To find out that there was one person standing and it was behind me, it was the principal of the school who then came forward and I prayed for him in front of his whole high school who when I finished praying, turned to the school and said, guys, Jesus is real. This is what he's just done in my life. And the entire high school came to faith in Jesus. And I just was was thinking about this time and time again. I look back, and there are so many stories of God doing incredible things. Now, while I'm saying this, you might fall into the trap of going, But Craig, you're a full time pastor, you studied a degree you should be doing those kinds of things. And I was thinking about this. My seminary degree, my Bachelor of Theology or whatever it's called, it doesn't make me better at doing what I'm called to do in Scripture. It actually just makes me more accountable to the Lord. All the things that have happened in my life have been because I just opened up my hands and answered the call of the Lord. And because I have the Holy Spirit, even the least in the kingdom are greater than John the Baptist. And the same Spirit in me is the same Holy Spirit in you. And the only thing that I can look back over my life and have to just say, this passage that we've read is 100% true for my life. God uses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise, to use the weak things of this world to confound the strong. I've shared this story maybe a few times now. You, you might have heard me say this. But while I was a few years into studying, I was studying in Cape Town. I lived in East London at the time. And I was down on a holiday, met up with some mates at a Milky Lane. And the waiter was... Uh, he used to be at school with me. We played in the same cricket team. And he was, hadn't seen me since I left school. We got chatting. He was like, Craig, what are you doing with your life? He says, I'm studying to be a pastor. And I sobered him up by showing him my student card and library card. He was lying on the floor in the restaurant laughing when he found out that I was studying to be a pastor. Just to kind of put it in perspective, that's kind of where I was at uh, and, and, and couldn't believe that's where my life was going. But God can use anyone. It might be humbling for you to know that. And it might be really stretching for you to know that God can use you because you've been hiding for so long. But I really want to stress that especially with what's coming up with uh, this uh, series on, on tough questions and being equipped with those things and being equipped on how to share your faith. It might just be that someone's going to come to faith in Jesus Christ because you opened up your mouth and told them about what you believe in Jesus. That God has placed some people in your life and the only way they're going to hear is through you. That might be freaking you out, but I'm so excited because God can use anybody. Anybody. And if you're saying I'm weak, if you're saying I, I, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy enough, there is no such thing as God can't use me. God can use anyone. I love this prayer. It's gonna come up onto the screen from John Wesley. And I want you to hear these words as, as I read them. I am no longer my own but yours. Put me to what you will. Rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be employed for you or laid aside for you. Exalted for you or brought low for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have things. Let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Those are really strong words. And I want you to Kind of just let that wash over you. God wants to use you. And if you allow Him to, He will use you. I'm going to just take a a short minute for you to kind of carry on reading that. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite you to stand in faith and in response to the Lord. And to say that as a prayer declaration with me. And in doing that, you're going, okay, God, I'm freaking out. I've come to church. I've barely been a believer for a couple of months. I almost know nothing. But okay, I want to be used by you. I see how you can use people. And I actually want to make a difference for your kingdom. And as scary as that might be, step up in faith and, and open up your hands and your hearts in surrender to Him. So take a moment, and then I'll invite you to respond with me. So if you want to rise in response to what the Lord is encouraging us to do, uh, I invite you to stand with me and then we're gonna read this together. Now as we read this, make this your prayer. So read with me. I am no longer my own but yours put me to what you will, rank me with whom you will, put me to doing, put me to suffering, let me be employed for you or laid aside for you, exalted for you or brought low for you, let me be full, let me be empty, let me have all things, let me have nothing. I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenants now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Father God, I'm just so thankful that you use anyone. All you desire is a surrendered heart. Father God, thank you that you don't call and use the qualified, but you just qualify those that you call. And thank you that every single one of us is called to be a part of your kingdom and your purposes here in the south of Joburg. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would empower every one of us for uh, the tasks that you have set before us. Give us courage uh, to live out our faith in bold ways for you. Amen. All right, guys, thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Uh, Please invite uh, your friends and family who are skeptics, uh, who would enjoy some of the tough questions that we're going to have. And as always, we invite anybody who would like prayer for anything. Uh, You just come take a seat in the front and some of our prayer ministry team will connect with you and spend some time praying with you. Otherwise, please stay for a warm cup of tea and coffee and brownie, and then we'll see you next week. Thank you.